1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we've been noting, uh, we've been studying in preparation, uh, and like you, we have the same amount of hours in a day, and we've been studying along the line of the word of the Lord uh, for our uh, the meeting in Peru. And the Lord has given other messages for here. And we want to look tonight in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 on our attitude towards God's Word. Our attitude towards God's Word. Now, the word attitude means the position or posture assumed by the body in connection with an action. It also means a manner of acting, feeling, or thinking that shows one's disposition or opinion. And so that's our attitude. And you can see someone's attitude. If you've ever had children, or if you were ever a child, your parents saw your attitude. And you've seen theirs. And it wasn't always what it should have been. And our attitude towards God and His Word is not always what it should be, is it? And by God's grace, at times, it is what it ought to be and what it should be. And so tonight, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, if you'll follow along in the Scriptures, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and in verse 13, Paul writing unto the church of God, at Thessalonica says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And so we'd like to notice tonight that the attitude we ought to have towards God's Word is that we ought to receive it. Our posture, our position, ought to be of one of reception. Our manner or acting or feeling or thinking that we ought to show is one of receiving the Word of God. Now I've been in churches and I've preached and I've, it's been happened in uh, church that I pastored and you would preach something and you could see the attitude of certain individuals change based upon what was preaching. And I, I, I know some things about body language and you do as well. And you know, it always amazes you how that folks, you know, and it's not just the crossing of the arms, it's the whole body position. And they're done listening. I mean, they're just shut right down to what God's Word has to say. And then there's folks, on the other hand, who, I mean, they're eating it up with two spoons. And it just, it's an amazing thing to see how that there are those who receive it and there are those who reject it. And it depends on subjects, it depends on different things. And you know, I think one of the greatest things that we ought to do is be like the Bereans and at least... Have, give it a fair listen and search the Scriptures whether or not it's so. 
I think that's really the best thing we can do is they received it and then they went and they says, well, I'm not going to take Paul's word for it. I'm going to go look it up myself in the Word of God. And they, I don't think if they'd ever heard it before, and even if you've heard it before, or maybe you haven't heard it before, maybe you've heard contrary to it before, you ought always to at least go look it up and compare Scripture with Scripture. Because you just might not have been taught correctly. Or maybe, as was the case with myself, in ten years at Kansas, I didn't get to preach on every subject or preach through every book of the Bible in ten years. And so maybe previous pastors and ministers just didn't get around to it. I know some preachers, they preach 19 years through the book of Proverbs. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. And so, we look here tonight that our attitude ought to be receiving the Word of God. Now we look here, and this is the first great necessity that there is, is that we need to receive the Word of God. Again, the opposite of receiving is rejecting. And I believe, based on the authority of God's Word, that all those who reject the Word of the Lord will come into judgment one day, not in a favorable situation, but they'll come already under condemnation. And they will come with God's wrath already abiding upon them. That's a terrible place to come to because they did not receive the Word of God. Now let's take a look here tonight at these at Thessalonica. And let's observe in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and we'll compare with the Scriptures in Acts chapter 17 and let's notice in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6 how that these here received the Word of God. You know, sometimes when you receive God's words, it's not all, you know, fancy things. It's not all, you know, I don't know what the expression is, but it's not all roses, is it? You know, so a lot of folks think, well, I'm going to receive God's Word and everything's just going to just be fine from here on out. Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and you'll notice in verse 6, it says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the Word in much affliction. And then it says, With joy of the Holy Spirit. Now isn't that something that they received the Word of God in much affliction as well as with joy of the Holy Spirit of God? You see, the world says... Well, you can't have affliction and joy at the same time. But here we notice in God's Word that they did, they had both when they received the Word of God, didn't they? Now let's turn over to Acts chapter 17 and let's observe here what the Bible teaches and tells us about this affliction. You know, this wasn't just, you know, they had some kind of a hangnail. Or, you know, maybe their cuticle was, you know, torn back a little bit or, 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 or something real light. I mean, this was affliction. And in the book of Acts, chapter 17, you begin reading here at verse 1. And the Bible tells us, 
Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. When they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these do all contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the others, they let them go. You see, this was the affliction that took place. The whole city was in an uproar over the fact that these here received the Word of God and that what they received was that Jesus Christ was the Savior and was the King of Kings. And boy, that just sets people off, doesn't it? It just really bothers some. And so they received the Word of God in much affliction. I don't know about you, but I've never had, as it says here in verse 5, the Jews which believed not moved with envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason. I've never had that happen. Now I've had people who didn't like what was preached and they were moved with envy, but I've never had my house assaulted and this like these did. This was affliction, wasn't it? This was something else. See, these Thessalonians saw that the receptions of God's Word would not make their lives easier. And so often many people reject the Word of God because it's uncomfortable to do what God says to the flesh. So many today do not receive God's Word because it doesn't go in line with their plans, with their thinking, with what they want to do. And if they did do it, there might be some affliction within themselves, within their homes, between them and their spouse, or them and their children, or the children and the parents. There might be some affliction within the church. There might be some affliction from without the church. There might be some affliction from without the home. Because they receive God's Word. And so, they reject it. But these Thessalonians didn't do that, did they? They received the Word of God. Now you'll notice here as well that if you'll turn back to our text of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul makes a tremendous statement here. What a statement it is. And you know, this is really how we need to receive the Word of God. That it is literally 
God's Word. I remember some years ago, there, it was early on. I don't even know if I was married yet. But one of the members of the church there in Kansas, he come to Sunday school, and he said, he said something that was outlandish. And I opened up my Bible to show him that the Scriptures teach contrary. And I read him, just read him the verse. And that's all I did. And he said, that's your opinion. I, I didn't make any exposition, any expounding whatsoever. Just read the verse. And he says, that's your opinion. Well, these Thessalonians didn't say to Paul or Silas, that's your opinion. I never told a pastor or a minister of God, that's your opinion. Even when it was their opinion. But in 1 Thessalonians 2.13... It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Isn't that how we ought to receive it? Isn't that why Baptists have, down through the ages, have had a long-standing history of nearly 2,000 years? of giving book, chapter, and verse so that those that we preach and teach to can look and see, there it is. There it is. That's not the preacher's opinion. That's not the church's opinion. That's thus saith the Lord. And yet even when book, chapter, and verse are given, isn't it sad how those will reject it by saying, well, that's your opinion. They will not have this man, Jesus, to reign over them, will they? They won't have it. Their reception of God's Word, they received God's Word as God's Word, and their reception of it was not aided or hindered by Paul's oratory abilities or lack thereof. Whether he was a great skilled preacher or he wasn't, didn't help or not. Didn't Paul write in the church at Corinth, he says, I came not to you with excellency of speech? He did, didn't he? No, their, their belief or their reception stood in because of the power of God. Wouldn't it be something... The people handled the Word of God like it truly is the Word of God. I'd like you to notice as well how, how they received the Word of God. Well, the Bible tells us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 13 it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. 
Now, you'll notice here that the word receive or received in the English is used two times. However, in the Greek, they are two different words. And they are properly translated as best as I know, as little as I know about Greek. I think some of these translators knew more about it in their pinky toe than I do in my whole body. But it was two different Greek words. And the first one that you come across, where it says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, that word receive there means to take from another. To take or receive. And it is made up of two words, and it means to receive without asking from beside. It wasn't asked for. And then the second one, where it says, when, uh, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it, not as the word of men. The second received means to receive by deliberate and ready reception of what is offered. It is to take hold of and take possession of. So when you look at this, as one writer put it, it literally means you received, when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. The former, the first time it's mentioned, refers to the ear, but the latter adds the idea of appropriating the words to our hearts. You see, the first time they heard it with theirs, he says, when you receive the Word of God, when you heard it with your ears, he says, which ye heard of us. So you hear the Word of God from ministers, don't you? And you hear it from parents, and you hear it from Sunday school teachers, and you hear it from other preachers. And you hear it from church members. And you hear it from brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandparents. You hear it from them. And then he says, when you received or you heard it, the Word of God which you heard of us, you received it or you accepted it or you appropriated it to the heart, not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. He says... You heard it from us, but you appropriated it, you applied it to your hearts as it truly is, not the word of me, not of Paul and of Silas, but you put it and applied it to your heart as the word of God. Boy, isn't that really how we need to receive it. We need to hear it from God's church. We need to hear it from God's men. We need to hear it from all the things I just mentioned. And then we need to take it as it truly is. is that's the Word of God. No, never mind. You know, about who's doing it. That's the Word of God. And we need to apply it. And put it on our hearts. We need to receive. 
The Word of God. If you're here and you're lost, you need to receive the Word of God for faith, saving faith. The Bible says in Romans 10 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Receive what God's Word says unto you about you, that you're lost and you're hell-bound, that you're rebellious, that you're an enemy of God, that you're at enmity with Him, that you're depraved and wicked. Receive it and believe it and appropriate it. And say, this is what God sees of me. That I am a vile, wicked sinner worthy of hell and of the greatest condemnation there is. Receive that. And if you're here this evening and you're saved, you need to receive God's Word about the Lord's church. You need to receive what God says about church membership. You need to receive about attending the worship services. You need to see what God's Word, receive what God's Word says about uh, the duties of a church member. You need to receive God's Word about prayer, about praying for one another, about praying for the pastor. You need to receive God's Word about mission work, about evangelism. We need to receive God's Word about the support of giving of tithes and of offerings and what it's for. What is to be used for? We need to receive what God's Word says about respect for the office of the pastor, regardless of who's in it. Even Paul said, I magnify my office. He didn't magnify himself, but he magnified the office. We need to receive that. We need to receive what God's Word says about receiving instruction in songs and hymns. We need to receive what God's Word says about with respect to godliness and holiness. We need to receive what God's Word says about marriage and child-rearing and personal conduct. We need to receive God's Word about everything. Everything. Because God's Word has something to say about everything. If you think you know what God's Word says, look it up again. I'm amazed at people who should know things, or at least I thought they did, and they don't know nothing, or they don't know anything to put it in correct grammar. So that's how they received it. They heard it with the ear and they appropriated it to the heart. It's not enough to show up to church and to hear the preaching of God's Word. If you are not taking what is preached and what is taught and applying it to our hearts, then we're not really receiving it, are we? Because the Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed to the Word of God. Well, if all you do is show up and listen and you don't take the Word of God and actually apply it, then you aren't really receiving it. Neither am I. If I'm doing the same thing. Another thing we want to look at 
are the blessings of receiving God's Word. The blessings of receiving God's Word. Well, just notice if you would, if you recall, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. I mean, here they were. Here comes a great mob. Uh, uh, the, the Jews who were moved with envy, they went and got baser men. I mean, imagine if people didn't like that we were receiving the Word of God and they went down yonder there in that uh, section behind the, the sheds over to Lowe's and got all the meth heads out of there and, and had them come down with their sticks and, and bats and whatnot because they didn't like that you were receiving God's Word. Well, that's exactly what the Jews did. They went and found the basest people they could find. He says, you come on over here. They probably paid him too. Just like they did Judas. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, notice the blessings of receiving God's word. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. You can't get joy of the Holy Spirit without receiving the word of God. And I'm not talking about, again, this isn't just... Uh, hearing it. It is a pl the application to our hearts. That's why we can come into God's house and the preacher can preach and the song leader can lead the singing and the Sunday school teacher can teach the Word of God and we can leave and have no joy of the Holy Spirit because there is no reception of His Word into our hearts. It stops just inside the ears. And I know this, and you know this, by personal experience. Because we've been there. They had joy of the Holy Spirit. You know what John wrote in 3 John in verse 4? He says, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. You know how they walked in truth? Because they received the Word of God and applied it unto their hearts. And that caused joy in John's life because he saw them walking in truth. Well, here, they received it with joy of the Holy Spirit. And an amazing thing, how sad, sometimes even disgruntled, church members can be at the preaching of the Word of God. Well, they certainly didn't receive it, did they? I didn't receive it for a number of years. But we find that the Scriptures tell us that it's a blessing that to have joy. You can't, have, you can't conjure up and work up and fake joy of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. It's not something that you can work up within yourself, is it? That, that's emotionalism. This is something entirely different from that. This is the Spirit of God filling us with joy at the reception of His Word. I mean, we ought not to have any long faces when we're receiving God's Word. Because there ought to be joy. And then you notice that the Bible tells us 
If you look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 13, the effects of receiving the Word of God. So not only is there the joy, and that's a, we put that in a blessing, but you can put that in the effect. But you'll notice here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, at the very end of this verse, Paul writes and says about that they receive the Word of God as, as it truly is not of men, but uh, the Word of God, he says in verse 13, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So you know what the effects of God's Word is? It's going to work in you that believe. You that receive it, it's going to work in you. It's going to work in you. And so God's Word is working in you, and you and I, according to Philippians, are supposed to be working out that which God is working in us. And so God, has, as we receive His Word, it is effectually worketh also in you that believe. And you know, sometimes you wonder, you don't wonder, you, you really know. And you say, there ain't nothing being worked in that one. They must not be receiving the Word of God because the Bible says that when you receive it, it works which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Well, what is it effectually working? Whatever God just preached, whatever God's Word just said, that's what it is being effectually worked in that person that believes. Whatever God's Word has been preached upon before, it is being worked effectually in them that belief. And an amazing thing how, and, and, I, and I say this from years of experience of dealing with people who uh, supposedly believe that God is sovereign. Who have sat under preaching about God being sovereign, God being sovereign. And they can't handle a single hiccup in their life. Wait a minute. I thought you believed that God was sovereign. I thought that you knew that He was in control of all things and He knows the end from the beginning. Come find out they really don't believe it, do they? Wait a minute. God's sovereign. How come you're not doing what God says if He's in charge? How come you're not doing what the Lord says? Because that's what sovereignty means. It means He's in control. And it means He's in control of you. And it means He tells you what to do and you do it. Just like Luke 6.46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Or why do you call me Sovereign, Sovereign? And do not the things that I say. So, if I thought you said he was sovereign, but you're not doing what he says. Well, they didn't receive the teaching on sovereignty, did they? Because if they did, it would be working effectually in this way. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Isn't it great how God just 
lays it all out there just plain as day. Plain as day. And then, if you'll notice as we close tonight, there is no glorying in the fact that you or I received God's Word. We don't get to say, yep, I received it. I'm such a wonderful person. I'm so smart. Because notice how Paul starts out the verse. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. He doesn't say, for this cause also thank we you Thessalonians. I'm so grateful to you Thessalonians that you received God's Word and that you appropriated it to your heart. Not as it is the Word of men, but as it truly is the Word of God. And now it's effectually working in you. Way to go, Thessalonians. No, he says, thank we God. So, he's encouraging them to receive it. And he's encouraging them to appropriate to their hearts. But he's also reminding them that if it weren't for God, none of this would take place. Oh, we're so indebted to him, aren't we? I mean, think about it. If you've got siblings, if you've who you went to church with, or maybe friends that you went to church with, or folks that you grew up with, I mean, and 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 yet. Think about all the things that you've received that they rejected. Sit down. All the things that you've received that they've rejected. Who maketh thee to differ one from another? Well, it wasn't you. It was the Lord, wasn't it? It was the Lord who made you to differ from those others. And Paul says, and he puts it so clearly here, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Why? Because you heard it and you appropriated it as it truly is, the Word of God, and it's working effectually in you. God's Word always works effectually in us that believe. He's changing us. He's molding us like the potter does the clay. And you know, I've heard that, that terminology for years and it's always used incorrectly. Always. It's about God molding us and making us after the fashion of the person of Jesus Christ. And there's those that He created in creation that He'll destroy. That's entirely up to Him. But then there's those that He made and He remakes them in the person of Jesus and then He fashions them unto Christ. And you know, some folks, they don't, they, don't, they don't finish the story of the potter. They just stop at about halfway. Say, so, oh, He's the potter. Yeah, he is the potter. And I don't see him working on you very much. 
not you, but you know. Maybe you're over there in that pile he discarded already. I'm glad he fetched me out of that pile. All by his grace. Isn't it something how when you're little you receive things and then when you get older you question things? Isn't that something? Tremendous thing as Christ said that we are to become as little children. They just accept things, don't they? Because somebody told them so. And you know, for you and I, that somebody is God, isn't it? We ought to receive it. And as the Bible says here, and just notice, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God, the Word of God, I want you to understand that every single word is important in this book. And every single word means something. You know when Jesus spoke the Great Commission and He said, Go? He used the word go, not invite. He says, Go ye and make disciples, not invite them and make disciples, didn't he? He says, you go out. Don't worry about it. You go out. And if you think about it, a dead man can't go anywhere, can he? Well, they can't come. We can't invite them because they're dead. You've never sent an invitation to a cemetery hoping somebody there would come. Because they're dead. But isn't that about how we do evangelism? We want to invite you to come to the services. They're dead. That's why Jesus said go. That's why when he said unto his church, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. The Father sent Jesus into the world and Christ sent his church into the world. See, the words are very specific, aren't they? We have to receive the specificity of those words. Because they have a meaning in them. If you're here tonight and without Christ, again, you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. And if you are saved, you need to receive the whole counsel of God's Word. The whole council. So many like to get, you know, well, I, I, I like this subject. Well, I like spaghetti, but I don't eat it every meal. You know why? It's not good for you to eat the same thing over and over and over again, is it? You need to have a well round, balanced diet. And that's true spiritually. 
That's why Paul said, I have not shunned or declared unto you all the counsel of God. And so, whatever is preached, whatever is taught, you know, it's an amazing thing. And I don't know what people think. I really don't. And I've been accused by other people and they said, oh, you just, you aim your sermons. I don't give it a second thought. Lord, what am I preaching? I never understood. I never went and thought and sat in a pew and said, well, Dad, just preach that sermon for me. No. I trusted that he was studying and praying and seeking the Holy Spirit's leadership and he was going to preach and the Spirit of God was going to give him what he needed to preach. Which is exactly what I needed. No more than I'd go home and tell Mom, well, what'd you fix that for supper for? I don't understand the mentality of people and the heart set of individuals who don't believe. I mean, Harriet, he's sovereign, isn't he? So he gave this message unto the minister of God to preach it. I mean, he must be, right? This is it. This is the message that I am to hear. And so I am to receive it. He's working all things out for my good. But for some reason, that sermon, that, that's all the preachers. That, that's all him. God doesn't have anything to do with that. I don't understand that mentality. I hope we never get it here. Hope I never have it. Hope you never have it. I hope the members of this church never get it. But people haven't gotten it. It's a terrible one to have. But to understand that God is His Word. He speaks it. What an honor we have. That God speaks to us. You know, He didn't speak to everybody, did He? When, when did he have a conversation with the Moabites like he did with Israel? Never. He never called a Moabite up on top of a mountain and gave him the word of God and said, go take this down to Moab and, and you know they're going to be my special people. Never. Yet here you and I are. His church. Whom he's given his word. And we're to uphold the Word of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. If we're going to be the pillar and ground of the truth, we better start with receiving it first, shouldn't we? And appropriating it to this heart. Because I can't uphold it if I don't receive it. So may God help us in that regard. Let's stand and have a word of prayer tonight.